Well, good morning, everybody. So glad to see all these faces here already and already encountering God. I hope that that's happened so far. I'm just praying that it continues to happen for the rest of our time. Welcome back uh, if you are a River Ridge. If you're new here, if you're visiting or if you're invited by a friend, so glad you're here. I hope that you felt at least welcome so far and met by God uh, as well. For those of you watching, uh, wherever you're at or whenever this is, you're watching, I want to say hello to you too. My name's Andy. I'm one of the pastors. And I know for a lot of you watching, you know, this is your connection to God every every Sunday, but for some reason, one reason or another, you can't make it. You know, may, maybe you're sick or you got a sick baby or work and all that stuff happens, but but you watch to just stay connected with us. So I'm just so glad that you're taking advantage of that, uh, staying connected with us however uh, you can. I've recently actually been told by the people who are putting our messages up online that, that there are people outside of West Virginia watching this too, which really kind of blows my mind with the technology world. I mean, uh, but if you know me, that's not really a surprise that technology blows my mind. But like, it's crazy, like there are people all around the world watching this and it really does like make me feel a little strange. But like even the United States, I was amazed to see how many states are watching this. All the way to California, uh, people are watching these messages and uh, you know, I wondered like maybe you Californians, maybe you're tuning in because you heard something, you watched a documentary, you're like, I wonder if they really do handle snakes in churches in West Virginia. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna keep tuning in. Just So I'm just gonna tell you Californians, like we are a snake-free environment. I'm just letting you know, but keep watching, keep watching and I hope that, that Jesus really impact your life somehow, some way. Uh, but speaking of snakes, uh, we're in the third message of a series we're calling What Keeps You Up at Night. And for some of you right now, you're not going to be able to get snakes out of your head for the rest of the day. And I'm really sorry about that because that is what keeps you up at night. Uh, but you know, maybe that's not you. Uh, so we've just been asking the question, you know, what keeps you up at night? And we've been looking into things like stress and, and people, difficult people. That's what keeps a lot of us up at night. And so we're just continuing uh, with the next thing that really keeps a lot of us up at night, which is fear, which it's fear that keeps us up at night. And there, there's all kinds of fear that we face, right? There's anxieties, there's, there's phobias that we go through, right? We have all kinds of those. I think all of us experience one kind of fear or another. Uh, if you've been here for any amount of time, you've heard uh, me talk about my healthy relationship with sharks. That's what I'll say. It's just a relationship I have. Like, I know where they are. They know, I just believe they know where I am at all times, just waiting, uh, waiting for me to come in, which is never going to happen. Uh, that's just the relationship that I have. But uh, and we have all kinds of fear, but that's not the kind of fear uh, that I'm talking about today. You know, there are things that we fear, but don't really keep us up at night. Uh, what I'm talking about today is if there is something that gets out of control and it leaves you afraid, like really afraid, so afraid that you have a restlessness about it. And here's what I'm going to tell you today. Here's what God has to say to you today. If that's you, if you're here and you're saying, no, that is what keeps me up at night. God has a message of this. He knows what that fear is. He understands it and he can help us overcome any fear that we have, regardless of what it is, if we let him help. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those. And if somebody can turn the AC on, we could grab that. I'm a little hot. Is anybody hot? Let's see if we can turn that AC on. It's a little hot in here. Uh, I, you know, I'm already shiny enough as it is, you know. Uh, so if we could do that. Look at Chad. Chad's doing it. Let's clap for Chad. Yay. All right, Chad. Woo. 
Let's do this. Um, so go to Matthew chapter 10. Uh, before I pass out, let's go to Matthew chapter 10. And uh, so we're going to be in a few places here. Uh, and if you're electronic and you're on the U version and you want to know what translation I'm using, I'm in the ESV version. But we're going to be bouncing around this morning in a couple stories. Because what we're going to be looking in on is we're going to be looking in on Jesus and his disciples in a couple stories that's going to help us understand a few things. What we're going to see is we're going to understand a little bit more about fear and how faith can play a part in fear. Before we get started uh, in Matthew chapter 10, I want to maybe get us to see as clearly as we can what this word fear really is and, and the properties. Because I think if we can see the properties of fear, understand it, uh, and, and also see that it's not all bad, actually. There is some fear that's not so bad, that, that we can hopefully see what God has to say about it when it does get to an unhealthy place, when it does get to a bad place. So if you're taking notes, uh, just a couple clarifying statements. You can grab your, your notes out there, and we're going to make the first note here. And here's the first clarifying statement I want to make about fear, that there is some fear, there is a fear that is good. Yeah, I mean, think about like growing up, think about even like in your life right now, uh, where some things that fear was not only natural, but it actually was a situation that kept you out of trouble. Like fear kept you out of trouble. It probably kept you out of making a really, really bad mistake and a really, really dumb thing that you could have done. Like fear is actually on our side sometimes, right? Um, as some of you know, in high school, I was not the upstanding citizen that you see here today. I know that surprises some of you, but uh, I didn't actually come into a knowing, saving faith in Jesus Christ until I was 17 years old. Uh, but before that, I was known uh, to associate with some unsavory people that I was not unsavory. I just hung out with them. At least that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, but I'm telling you, there were times, even there, where my fear, combined with like the slivers of common sense, that's all I had back then, it was just slivers of it, where that actually came into play, and it would, and I actually, it caused me to not do what we were about to do. And so I avoided several situations back then, uh, you know, with a certain branch of uniformed authorities, as fear played a part in that. I'm just saying, some fear is good. Some fear is not such a bad thing. I don't think we would want to get rid of all the fear in our lives. So that's the first clarifying statement. Uh, but here's the second one that I want to get at, too, if you're taking notes. Here's the second one. There is a fear, though, that is devastating. That's why we're talking about that today. There's a fear, gang. Listen, if you're writing that down, there is a fear that is not from God. There is a fear that God didn't want us to have. It's not what helps us. It's what gets out of control. And here's what God calls it. He calls it something, actually. He calls it a spirit of fear. Check out what 2 Timothy 1.7 says. You don't have to open there. We'll just be there really quick. You can write that down, 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So this is what God has to say. The Bible's helping us understand the differences between the fear that's good and the fear that can be devastating. So we have a fear that's normal, I think. There's a fear that's a response. It's a thing we should have. It's a good thing that we shouldn't want to get rid of. But here's what it's saying. This is what this is saying. What it's saying is that there is also a fear where it's something more, where it's tormenting. It's consuming. It's not what God wants for you. And here's how I know what 2 Timothy 1.7 is getting at. And here's what you all know. A lot of you know this, even if you believe in God or not, like you know what I'm getting at. Because when I said there is a fear where it's something more, you thought about what that is. You shook your head to that. You agreed with what I said. You know what it is without e even me having to explain it. Gang, listen, there is a fear where this fear doesn't play around. 
It's consuming and it, and it takes, takes control of your life with anxiety, with panic, and we've all had it. That's the thing. Every, so don't feel like you're alone if you had it. We've all had it. Now, some of us have, have experienced it at different levels. Some of us have it at different volumes. We all know what it is, though, and it's a fear. Listen, gang, if you catch anything today, it is a fear that is not from your heavenly Father, and it's a fear that keeps us up at night. So the question that we want to ask today is, how do I navigate this fear when it starts to get out of control, when it starts to get to a point where it's not healthy, where it's not a good thing, it's not uh, helpful, and it's overpowering my normal life? So we're going to look in on this today with these clarifying statements, and so we're going to look and see what God has, God has to say. And if you're here, by the way, which I know some of you are here, and you're not really a follower of Jesus, which means to say that you just don't really, maybe you're, you're paying attention a little bit to God, but you're not really following what he has to say, or maybe here, and, and maybe sometimes you do. You say you're a Christian, but you don't really live the Christian life. Or maybe you're here and you're like, no, I'm definitely not a Christian, but I just want to see, does God work? I'm here because I do want to understand, does God work? Is there something uh, that I'm missing where God could work? And, and here's what I want to tell you. This is, you're going to be interested in this today more than any other topic that we talked about what keeps you up at night. Because here's why I think you would be interested in this if that's you, if, if you would say that's who you are right now. Because this is where real life, like real life, real challenge, weird, real struggle, and real faith intersect. And gang, listen, the thing, there's there's a messiness about it. There's a messiness about our faith. And, and you want to know, hey, listen, in the fears that people really have, do Christians still have it? And does God really work? And I'm here to tell you, yes, he does. He absolutely works. He doesn't work to, to get us away from it. He works right in the middle of it. I believe it. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to go after that. So I'm just so glad you're here. Because if you are here, which I would, would guess most of you are, are, a majority of you are here, and you are a Jesus follower, which means that you do adhere to what God has to say, that you look at what he says, you look at what Jesus said what Jesus did you use that as the controller of your life and and that's who you are here's what we do when we face things like this we just ask Jesus what's the answer that's what we do is we follow him we say Jesus what's the answer and here's the great news the great news for us who are Jesus followers is that Jesus talked about fear a lot like a lot he talked about it all of the time and what Jesus says over and over again it's going to be the most helpful thing you'll ever see for the rest of your life he said says this time and time again. He says this to the closest people to him. And here's what he says. It's really helpful about fear. Here it is. This is going to change your life. He says, fear not. Okay, Jesus, like, what do you mean by that? Okay, what I mean is don't be afraid. Have a great day. I mean, like, really, Jesus? And it says it over and over. Very helpful. Thank you very much, Jesus. Thank you for that, for that clarifying statement. But, but here's what we need to catch in this, gang. If you read the Gospels, if you read in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, here's what you're going to find. You're going to find that he says it. He really does say it over and over again. He talked about this so much. And here's what he was doing for us to be helped in this. He was recognizing for us a few things. Here's the first thing that he was recognizing. He was saying that you will have fear in your life if you're a Christian. No doubt about it, it's not gonna go away. You will have fear in your life. That's why he said it over and over again to fear not. And here's what he's also saying with that statement of fear not. He is saying that you can get to a place, listen, as you follow him, you can get to a place where you can have fearlessness in the middle of your fear. That's why he said it. And here's the thing, how Jesus goes about um, explaining fear not to his disciples and explaining it to us, it's really interesting to me how he goes about this. Now, if I was a disciple, I might have used a different describer than interesting if I went through what he did to explain how we're supposed to fear not. So we're gonna look into this a little bit. Like one day, Jesus, 
this. This is how he starts explaining that we shouldn't fear. And, and you're there in Matthew 10. But one day, he starts sending out his disciples in pairs, okay? He says, I'm going to send you out in pairs. And here's what he says. I'm going to empower you to do some amazing things. You're going to heal people. You're going to talk to them. I'm going to give you this, this power that's going to overcome you. And you're going to be doing a really amazing things. You're going to save people. Like, you're going to do all kinds of things to help people. And so it's like, great, man. I can't wait to do that. That's what I've been waiting to do is like these amazing things where like, you know, I can zap people and they get saved. I'm so excited for this. And so that's what he starts saying. But then in the same breath, if you're there in Matthew 10, here's what he also says in the same breath in verse 16, he goes, so you're going to do great things. You're going to do all these great things. And he says, behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. And they're like, wait, that's changing things. Wait, what? He goes, I'm I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues. And then he just keeps saying like things. He's like, he, they're like, please stop talking to you. He's like, you're going to get beat up. You're probably going to get jailed. Uh, they're not going to like you very much. You know, you're going to probably go to prison. And he goes on and on about what's going to happen. And then he says this in verse 26. It's so great. He says, so have no fear of them. And they're like, wait, what? Like, don't be afraid of getting jailed and beaten. To which we would say, that's not the don't be afraid I'm waiting for. Like, that's not the don't afraid, don't be afraid that, I, that I'm thinking of. The don't be afraid that I'm used to is when my mom says, don't be afraid, nothing's going to happen, right? But you, you're saying, something's going to happen, so don't be afraid. Jesus caught, keeps talking, and they're like, please stop talking, Jesus, right? May, but maybe it'll turn around. Maybe, like, this is rally cap time for when he's about to send them out. And, and what the final message here is, and in verse 28, here's what he says. He keeps going. He says in verse 20, he says, and do not fear those who kill the body. Wait, did he just say kill the body? Um, that's all of it, Jesus. Like, that's, I got, I'm not Mario here where I can come back. What are you talking about? It's like, eh, it's just my body. I'm good. Like, what is happening here? Like, don't kill the body. I should, right? So he said, but here's what he keeps saying. It's really interesting. He says, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, he says, fear him who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. So now, you know, get out there and go save some souls. And they're like, what? Okay, you know, Jesus, maybe you don't know how rally speeches work here, uh, friendo. Uh, But you're supposed to say, don't be afraid. Nothing's going to happen. But instead, you're saying, no, no, something's going to happen, but don't be afraid. And you're saying, death might happen, but don't be afraid to people who can kill you. But then he says, listen, you got to catch this, gang. He says, but be afraid of the one who can actually has more say than just the body who has more say over the soul. Really fascinating. Now, this story, you know, if you're one of the disciples, I'm not so sure if you just had this, this was the only thing that Jesus ever said about don't be afraid. I don't know if I would be so convinced about not being afraid. I'm just gonna be honest with you, okay? Like I would be like, I have some issues with not being afraid if that's what's gonna happen to me. Um, so, but, but here's what these guys knew. This is what's really interesting to me. They knew more than what we know right now if we don't know the whole story. See, before Jesus said this to them, before he said, I'm gonna send you out of you're gonna do these things, don't be afraid. People are gonna do bad things to you, but don't be 
be afraid. See, before he said this, they might have had a little perspective coming into this, and it's in chapter 8. So if you want to flip there to chapter 8, just a couple chapters back, this is a famous story. So this is what happened before Jesus said, don't be afraid uh, to them. And so it's a famous story. This is the context that they have. One day, the guys are all out on a boat, okay? They're out on a boat in the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus is with them, and they're in a fishing boat. And so I just want to read this really quick uh, to see what context they had coming into what he said in chapter 10. Let's just pick this up in verse 24. So again, they're all on this boat. Jesus is with them, and here's what happens in verse 24. It says, And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. He was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, why are you afraid, O you of little faith? And they're like, let us get you caught up. Why don't you read verse 24, Jesus? Right, that's what they're, they're like, let's get you caught up to the story, buddy. Like, that's why we're afraid. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, what sort of man is this that even winds and sea obey him? So, Storm is really bad. I mean, here's how bad this storm is. I'm not going to uh, talk about this too much, but there were four guys at least on that boat that were professional fishermen. Like they were on this sea all the time. They knew storms. It was so bad that even these guys were losing their minds. Said, all of them were just so afraid. They, they were taking in water. The boat was sinking. They're sinking. And Jesus, who's letting all this be, his white noise machine is sleeping. You know, I mean, he's like, oh, this is great. He's just, just sleeping it away. And so, you know, you got to think about this. And then, you know, he says, why are you so afraid? And I'm not going to overcomplicate this because we can see why they were afraid. I mean, we could see why that was going on. Now, here's the thing. Jesus knew too. Here's the thing. He knew they were afraid. He knew why they were afraid. He's Jesus. So what we got to look into is why he asked that question. Because I think he asked that question to actually get them to a place where they needed to realize some things going on about them and where we need to realize some stuff going on about us in the fears that we face. It's amazing how he does it. It's crazy what one question could do. But we're going to look at this if you're taking notes. There are reasons why Jesus asked, that, Jesus asked that question. First reason why, if you're taking notes, is they needed to realize that storms are normal. Right? They needed, so maybe they thought, hey, listen, you know, because I'm with Jesus, like nothing bad is going to happen. Nothing really bad. You know, it might get a little tricky, but nothing really bad is going to happen. And it went to the extreme where they actually got tested in this, but they needed to realize that storms like this are pretty normal. You know, some of you felt like this is your life. Some of you have looked into your life, you've seen things that have happened where something happened, and, and you look at where it said Jesus was asleep, and you're like, that's me. I've gone through this thing. I had a job thing. I had a storm of a relationship. I had a storm of a situation. And I feel like that's exactly my life. I feel like Jesus is asleep. I don't think God cares. And he says, why are you so afraid? But I'm telling you, this is what caused me to be indifferent to God now. Maybe I'm not, not following him, but I'm a little bit more indifferent. I'm a little bit more jaded by this. And maybe you're hearing like, no, that's probably why I walked away. And I, I don't even understand how to come back. But here's, and I just want to tell you something. As I've been uh, studying this and thinking through this in my heart, I feel like I, I, I need to tell you something here today. I need to tell you something that this is the point that you need to understand. And, and maybe this can help you. I don't know if it does or not. If that's you, I know there are a lot of you out here that have gone through things like this. Say, I'm, I'm a little bit more indifferent. Here's what I can say. And, and again, I don't know where this will land, but maybe you just need to know that you're not the first person who's felt that or experienced that in their faith. 
that you're not only the, not the first one, but I would say there are hundreds in this room that would say, no, I know exactly what's that, what that's like. And here's what I'm gonna tell you too if you're there. The guys who were closest to Jesus, like physically the closest to Jesus, you see, they went through the same thing too. You are not alone. I wanna pray encouragement to you and know just I wanna invite you to come back. If you could just come back because if you can realize this is more normal than you think, not only is it more normal than you think, it, you are a lot closer to not some Christians in this room, but probably most Christians in this room and that you're closer to the guys who were closest to Jesus. Even though you feel like it shouldn't have happened or maybe God doesn't care, I just feel like I wanna tell you there are people in this room who have gone through the same crisis and it's actually strengthened their faith because they realize and what they need, the disciples need to realize is that storms are actually normal in a faith, a saving faith we have with our Savior. So they needed to realize that. One of the most tempting things to do, gang, is to feel alone when storms hit. It's to feel alone, it's to feel isolated. I feel like that's one of the most tempting things to do. But if you could start to see how close you are to who we are, I think you could come back. I think that you could come back to understanding. And as soon as you understand, you're gonna realize how close God really is in the storm that you're facing. So the first thing they needed to realize is storms are normal. Here's the second thing that they needed to realize. They needed to realize that Jesus wasn't just a man. That's why he asked them this question, I think. They needed to realize that he wasn't just a man. Right? They said, who is this? Who is this? Let me ask you, how, how do you see God? How do you see him? I've asked this before in a lot of different contexts, but I think it's one of the most important questions that you'll ever ask yourself. If, if you're a follower of Jesus, and even if you're not following Jesus, how you know God will determine a lot about your faith. How you know him will determine the steps you take in the faith that you have. See, when these guys saw what they saw and they asked that question, what sort of man is this? Here's what happened to him and here's what can happen to us. See, they started connecting some dots. Like they, they started connecting some major theological dots with what they just saw because here's the thing that they didn't have that we have. See, they didn't see Jesus die on the cross yet. That didn't happen. They didn't see Jesus come back from the dead three days later yet. They didn't see any of that. So here they are in this boat with a guy that they've seen some amazing things, but he's just a really great rabbi at this point. He's said some great things about the kingdom of God. He's healed some people, but this was nature at its worst. This was nature just completely devastating the surroundings around him. And then he comes and he actually shuts it down. Like he shuts nature down like real quick quick, like just like no problem, right? And so they're sitting there thinking about this and they're like, this is actually uh, kind of amazing. And they started connecting these dots, you know, maybe he's not uh, just a human being. And so they saw at this moment, he wasn't just man. And I don't know about you, if I'm in this small boat with a bunch of guys and I realize you're something more than human, I can't wait to get to land. I'm just saying like, I'm looking for land real quick. Oh, that boat's getting real cramped. I'm just like, I need some me time. Like I need a little bit of me. I don't like, because here's one of the accounts. One of the accounts that said, actually when the, when the storm stopped, it says they were terrified. It said they were so terrified. Because So I just think about the storm and they're like, ah! And then it calms down. They go, ah! Like I just, you know what I'm saying? Like they, he needed them. Listen, gang, don't miss this. He needed them to realize, you need to realize, I need to realize, Jesus was more than a man. Third reason that he asked that question, just one question, amazing what happens. They needed to realize the connection between fear and trust. 
I mean, I think for me, sometimes the most encouraging thing to do is look at the disciples because they can help me understand, like, even when I sometimes have disconnects with God and sometimes I, I feel like I fail a little bit, I get to look at the disciples and there's a lot of times where they didn't do the right thing. There's a lot of times where they didn't put the trust where they need to trust. But I'm going to tell you, the one thing that these guys did right that night was they called out for Jesus. They, that was the, the right thing they did. They said, help. Like, we're going to Jesus. We're going to the source. We need help. I think when we realize our fears, gang, the next step is crucial. When you see the fear, when you are seeing what it is, the next step is crucial. I'm going to either trust God or not. And look, here's what I'm going to say in this point. This is why I think he asked that question, why he's asking it to us, me, and you. I think we have less control with the future than we think. I really think we believe we have a lot of control over future things, but we have way less control with the future than we think. And when you look around at the world, man, I'm telling you, people and even Christians, like they look to the next thing to bring certainty, like look to the next paycheck, look to the next person, look to the next like political answer for certainty. Like some of you right now, I'm just telling you, some of you are so consumed right now with what's happening in the world, what's happening in our political world too. And, and some of you are afraid, you know, of some of the changes that could happen or, or might happen or may happen. And, and, you know, and here's our Savior Jesus, and he's just saying to you, why are you so afraid? Yeah, I know Jesus, but do you see what's happening? Yeah, I see it. Don't be afraid. I'm not saying don't be passive, but why are you afraid? Here's the deal. Here's the deal, and I'm gonna make a separator here for some of us this morning. Listen, if you're a Christian here this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus, here's what I'm gonna tell you, and it's black and white. You have an answer to uncertainty and fear, and the answer is God, not anything else. Nothing else. Are you allowing yourself to trust in something other than God? That's why he wanted to ask that question. Jesus was getting at these guys to realize there is a connection between fear, because it's not going to go away, and trust that can come in. So what do we do? You know, like, what do we do? You know, we see what, what he wanted us to realize. Now, what actually do I do when fear comes creeping in? When, when I actually start to get to that point where I know it's not, not good, it's not healthy, when it's tightening its grip on us, like, how do I honestly fear not? Two things that I want to walk away with, two things that I want us to, to look at. And it's only two things, and it's two things that I do. That's the, I only have two. I'm pretty simple. Now, here's the thing, gang, is you're taking these, like, you're going to write these down, and you're going to be like, these are really, really simple. But I'm telling you, if you do them, here's my promise. If you do them, they'll deliver. They will deliver you from fear and they will actually put you in to a place with God where you can see your faith take off. So, so two things. Here's the first thing that I do when I face fears. I face my fear and I choose to trust God anyway. That I take all of, all of what I know, all of what, what we just saw, is I choose to face my fear and I choose to trust God anyways. This is the one thing that those guys did right on the boat, right? They named it and they went to Jesus. They said, we're perishing, save us. Gang, listen to me, that's what you need to do. That's what I need to do. And I'm telling you, I think so many of us miss it. We don't name it, we, we run away from it. And here's why I think this is so true, because I've experienced this in my own life. See, here's what I wanna tell you. Having fear is not weak faith. Can I tell you that again? Like having fear in your life, that does not mean that you have weak faith. Not acknowledging it or saying what it is, that's where faith gets weakened. Like trying to hide it and trying to say, no, that's not, that's where faith really gets weakened. 
So what I do is I face my fear and I just believe it's not going away if I put my, put, bury my head in the sand. I gotta name it. And here's the other thing I do to face my fear. I tell someone else about it. I tell somebody about it and they pray for me. And here's what I'm gonna tell you. This is one of the things that I think most Christians do not do because we don't wanna really bring people into our lives. But I have somebody who I really trust who is pretty rational, at least more rational than I am. Uh, that's all, that's my bar, uh, which is not a high bar. But like what I do is I, I tell them. And, and then when, when I'm telling you, when, when I get prayed over, that fear loses power so quick. Do you know that? Like, it's amazing. Maybe not all of it, but I'm telling you, it just almost like feels like there's a release when somebody really prays over the fear I have. And here's something else that happens. You know, when I actually have a trusted, rational person that I tell my fear to, here's what happens most of the time. You see, they get to talk to me, and then I all of a sudden feel like some of that stuff gets real silly. Like, some of the fear I have is kind of silly, and they help me understand where the silliness is, and I'm like, that's pretty silly. Like, yeah, you're right. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that's what happens. But I'm telling you, this is not what a lot of Christians do do. And then what I do is I choose to trust God anyway. So I face it by, by saying what it is. I tell somebody else and I choose to trust God anyway. I just have to go moment by moment with this with trust. So here's what trust is. It's like a muscle. It's like a muscle. Like the more I say I'm going to trust God, the more I'll do it. The more I literally say I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to trust you, God. Even this, this fear, of, I'm going to trust you. The more I say it, the more I do it. And here's the second thing that I do. Second, if, you're, if you're wanting fear to get out of your life, I'm telling you these two things. Here's the second thing. I seek God until I can replace my fear with his presence. I seek God until I can replace my fear with his presence. We seek until. Like, so the, the words you want to circle here in this point is seek until. Because I think what so many of us do, here's what so many of us do, why so many of us like get kind of more defeated over this than not, is I think what we do is we stare at our fears and then we only squint at God. Guys, it should be the other way around. We should be staring at God and seeking him out until that fear gets replaced with freedom. And then realize that as you seek, here's the thing you need to realize, that that fear might come creeping back in, and that's okay. See, that's the thing that Jesus taught us over and over again with the disciples that you got to catch. Like, if you go back into the story, if you experience what they experienced, right? If you go back to chapter 8, and you see what they did on the boat, and you go to chapter 10, where he sent them out and said, don't be afraid. Like, you would think that they would say, okay, I'm getting this. I'm connecting the dots. All right, you're going to say some things are happening, but I remember the boat and I'm not going to be afraid. And here's what happened in chapter 10. They, they really weren't for a little while, but then what we see happen is it, it comes back. Fear comes back. And this, so they replaced fear for a little bit and it wasn't long before Jesus had to help them again. So if you go a few more chapters down here in Matthew 14, if you want to follow there, uh, just open it up a few chapters down. I love this because here's what happens again. And for us to know the context of this really quick is really great. So, so you know, we know what's happening. So this is right after Jesus feeds thousands and thousands of people with a few fish and a few loaves of bread. Okay, so they were on the boat uh, where, where he said, why are you afraid? And he stops storm. Then he sent them out and said, don't be afraid. So now he feeds all these people. And they're like, did you just see him feed all these people? Yeah, that's a man. Like, isn't that so great hanging out with Jesus? He's the best, right? And so the day is over. And, and this is really great. If you want to look at this and, and maybe look at this a little bit more, I just think this is great because now we understand the whole story. Day's done. It's time to go. I love this. It's just great knowing. Here's what it says in verse 22. It says, immediately he made the disciples get in the boat. He made them. He said, you get in a boat. And they're like, uh, <laughs> I remember what happened last time. 
I'm going to go ahead and walk around. Like, I'm good, Jesus. Like, I'm good. I'm going to go. I know it'll take me longer. Isn't that great? He made them get in the boat. I just think that's funny. The Bible's funny sometimes. Because he's like, no, get in the boat. And so they get in the boat. They're like, oh, man, what's going to happen now? So they get in the boat. And some of you know this story. They start paddling and paddling. Jesus goes off to pray. And they're still paddling and paddling. And here comes Jesus walking on water to go out to them. And here's what it says. It says, but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear after all the things. And so then Jesus goes, are you serious? Really, guys? After all of this, come on, how many times do I have to do this? But here's what you got to catch, gang. And what I need to remember in my life, he didn't do that. This isn't what he did. This is awesome what he does with grace and love and understanding that this is never gonna be a one and done teaching. Here's what he says. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, man, it is I, do not be afraid. I don't care if this is the third time or the fifth time, take heart. I love that about Jesus. Don't you love that about Jesus and what you face and knowing that he'll come back to you time and time again. You know, these guys didn't really come to complete fearlessness until way down the road, until even after he came back from the dead. And I'm, I'm telling you, gang, that just encourages me. For me, when I face the fears that, that I feel sometimes defeated by, it helps me to know that these guys, you know, I can have more and more victory if I could just look at the stories here and remember, man, God had so much patience with them. And gang, he has so much patience with you. If you just keep taking the steps of faith that he lays out to you. But here's what I can do with that. I can just keep, listen, this is important. I keep seeking until. So many of us stop and don't go to until but you keep seeking until he replaces your fear with his peace and presence that I know I have in me. I know it can come through me, so I keep going. And here's what I do. This is what I do. Because now the question is, well, what do you do? I know seek God. And what, do you, what does it mean to seek until? Here's what I do with the fears that I face. What I do is I get up. I'll get up really early. I'll find places that, that I know I'm gonna be alone. And what I do, you don't have to do this. This is what I do. A lot of, you know, some of you know that as I've talked to you about my life. I get a box of scripture out. I have a box of scripture that's dedicated to one thing. It's, it's a bunch of scriptures that I've written down through my whole life with God. And I sit down and I will get them out and I will read them over and over and over again. During the day, in the middle of the night, when I wake up, I get that box of scripture. I'm not so good at memorizing scripture, gang. So I get that box, I write it down, and I look at it over and over and over again until I can replace my fear with his presence. And, and I have a lot of scriptures in there. I have life verses in there. I have encouragements. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Most of the scriptures in that box, and there's a lot of them nowadays. So I've been 20-some years into my faith with Christ. There's a lot of them in there. But I'm going to tell you something. Most of those that are in there are about God's power over fear. And you know why? Because, gang, I have a real problem and struggle with fear. I struggle with anxiety. Anxiety is something that, that I really have a battle. I war with it all the time. And it's not easy to admit, but it's what's true in my life. But gang, listen to me. I am not going to let it win. I'm not going to let it beat me. I'm going to seek God until. I'm going to get that box of scripture out. I'm going to read it over and over and over again until I believe that his presence can replace that fear. And here's what I know. And I know this. Here's what I want to tell you guys. I know this because, not because I haven't struggled with this. I know it because it is my struggle. And I've experienced what real faith and action can actually do. I've seen it. I've experienced it. There's freedom that happens when you seek God until. There is a place, gang, where you can follow him as you follow him. Not just believe in him. 
That as you follow him where you can have a fearlessness in the middle of your fear. Jesus is saying you can stand your ground. You can walk tall. You can put one foot in front of the other and you can walk through this because I am with you. I am in the next room with you. You can trust me. I'm God. I'm not gonna walk away from you. So don't be afraid. Fear not. Fear not. Some of you are here today and I know what you're thinking. You're here and you're thinking, man, I hear what you're saying. I wish I could get there, but, but I can't. I would love to think that there is a faith that is so big that it can overcome the fear that I'm struggling with, but I'm not there. Can I just tell you if that's you, that's okay. Listen to me, I've been there too. I know and I'll probably be there sometime too again. I know it, but here's what I'm gonna tell you. Here's what I'm gonna tell you, and it's up to you. But what I'm gonna tell you is if you let your faith follow God's direction and follow God's answer, one foot in front of the other of putting your faith in action, you will find your faith working in the midst of whatever struggle it is, whether it's fear or stress or people or whatever it is. Gang, this is why I think a series like this is so important to us. I think it's so important because there are real things that keep us up. Real, there are real issues, real challenges that we face. Like stress is real. Like difficult people are real. The spirit of fear is real. But listen, we, and we are not sheltered from that just because we're Christians. And so what we do, this is, I don't know if you know this or not, but what we do is when we gather in this place, we worship God who is a holy God who, who has answers for our lives. And we get together and we encourage each other in this. And we believe that God really does have an answer, that he has an answer to what we're facing. And you see that your faith needs to follow God's answer every time. Your faith, listen to me, your faith doesn't want to stay still. Do you hear me? If you have faith, it does not want to stay still. Don't let it. Don't, don't let your faith sit still. That's what's probably like, oh, like bothering you. Your faith always wants to be moving towards God's direction and God's answer. So how will you choose to trust God? How are you gonna choose to trust God? You can't just say, I'm gonna trust him. How, how? What are you going to put in real place? Like, what are you gonna practically do to see God? It doesn't have to be the box of scriptures like me, but what are you really gonna do? God has an answer. He has an answer. It needs to be something with whatever you're struggling with, fear, people, stress. How are you putting your faith in action with the answers that God actually gives us? You know, I'm gonna finish here. I know we're, we're, we're almost done, but, but I'm gonna finish. We're gonna sing a song or, or band's gonna play a song. And I just wanna give us a minute here because once we leave, I just think, I just wanna give us a minute to respond because I think I, I just wanna give us a time to reflect and think. And, and they're gonna play a song called Fear is a Liar. And you know, maybe that's you. Maybe you're here and fear is what's going on in your life that you know that's what has a grip on me. And so I want you just to sit and, and listen and maybe ask God some questions like, where am I struggling? Where am I not trusting? What, what are some things that I need to do in my life? And I just want you to listen and pray and seek God. Maybe, maybe uh, that's not you. Maybe it's not fear. Maybe it's something else. It doesn't have to be fear, gang. But what's keeping you up at night? I want you to ask yourself, like, what is it that I'm really struggling with in my faith? And just understand, God, where do I need to put my faith in action? And if you're here and listen, none of this is hitting you, you're like, ah, it's not really me. Like, if I could just ask you just for the remaining time, if you could just stay there just, in, just to honor the people sitting next to you, maybe they're going through some things, just to stay in your seats and, and, and let the band play and, and let us kind of think through some things and then, and then I'll come back out uh, after this song. You know, um, no one... Like no one wants to be afraid. Like no one wants stress to overwhelm them. Nobody wants people to have so much power in their life that it overtakes them. God doesn't want that for you either. And he has an answer. He has an answer for you.
But gang, here's the good news. This is the good news. Here's what I know. Here's what I've experienced. Here's what so many of you experienced. Listen to me. There is a faith that can overcome stress. There is a faith that is more powerful than people. And there is a faith that cannot and will not allow that fear to take over my life if I just allow my faith to follow God's answer. There is a faith that is strong and I believe it. Even when my faith isn't as big as I want it to be or as as strong as I know it can be, God will be with me and he is with you and he will keep saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, I'm right here. And I thank God so much for those dingbat disciples because when I feel like I'm messing up, I just look to them and be like, that's right, that's right. I can get back on, I can keep moving. I love that about those guys. I I just give them a hug right now, you know? But it's what keeps me close to God. It's what keeps me seeking when life strikes. It it carries me to believe, gang, that listen, I can overcome it. You can overcome it. God has an answer and you can actually see your faith work in the middle of whatever you're going through. God, we just come to you and we thank you for the power that you have in us, that there is a power in us for those of us who follow Jesus, that there's a power that we have. And I pray that we can see what it means to actually put that faith in action, put that power in its place and to believe that you could take over where we just don't see it can happen. Give us that understanding. Give us who, you, who we know you are. We love you. We thank you. We pray for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, gang, let's leave changed people. Let's believe God can do it. See you next time.